0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley
3: and Kimmy Show.
0: And welcome to this episode, a Throwback Thursday episode. Right next to me is Kimmy.
3: <laughs> I got one name. <laughs>
4: Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Everybody, everybody,
0: everybody. Hi. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley.
5: I am the villain of the story.
0: That is so true. And the hero of this story is right next to me.
2: You don't know how much I've missed all of you. And I promise you, I'll never desert you again.
6: You see, this is my life.
2: It always will
3: be. There's nothing else. Just us and the camera. And those wonderful people out there
0: in the dark. She's getting ready for her close-up. The camera's zooming in. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. <laughs> okay, uh, let me turn the lights on. It's starting to scare me a little bit there. But I like the dark. I, I'm sure you do. Okay, well, we'll pull the camera back a little bit here on this throwback Thursday. Thank you for uh, being with us today, Kimmy. Thank you.
7: Thursday is
3: such a crazy, lazy day. Thursday has its own peculiar way of saying hey.
6: Sometimes Thursday almost makes you want
3: to run away. Thursday such a crazy,
0: day. Well, it's a throwback Thursday. Perfect song for going back in time. That's what we're going to do on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy show. Matter of fact, we do that every single episode best way to describe the Riley and Kimmy show and what it's all about is this way That's what we do every single episode. Memories is what we're all about, right, Kimmy? Memories. Yes, those, what Kimmy's sort of singing about, uh, we're about memories of yesteryear, and hopefully we make positive memories for tomorrow. Tell your friends about The Riley and Kimmy Show. Go to our website for archived episodes. Also, links to the best way to listen to us any time of day or night. Platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Soundcloud are available on our website. Also our social media pages. Please follow the show, help it grow, share it with your friends. Best way to communicate with us and also find out where we will be appearing next and chances for you to win. Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram and more are all available on our website along with celebrity interviews we've done. What is our web address, Kimmy?
4: Rileyandkimmy.com
0: find archived podcasts of the riley and kimmy show at rileyandkimmy.com
5: pop culture escapism the riley and kimmy show
7: the riley and kimmy show
0: Shall we play again? That is the big question on this Throwback Thursday. Would Kimmy like to throw back time, that is, and play some pop culture trivia? What say you, Kimmy? I'd love to. Great to know. Need to warn you, though. The timeline has been adjusted. It's not running in chronological or linear order. It might be in some places. In other places, there's going to be some... Uh, Well, some big stumbling blocks of time. It's been changed, scrambled up a little bit. Help Kimmy out with answers. She believes in time travel answers, so yell at, shout at, talk to whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy Show playing on right now, and it could be anything, because we are mobile, we are global. She believes the two of you can talk uh, through the temporal corridor. Yeah, some weird thing. She says it works. That's right. It does. All right. All right. Sometimes. Sometimes. All right. Well, let's see if it works on this one, Kimmy was on this date, construction began on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We have multiple questions here. First question is, where is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame located? Ohio? Yes. What city?
4: Um, uh, yeah, you know, in that city in Ohio.
0: Yes. Um. That...
4: What's the city it start with?
0: It starts with a letter, Kimmy.
4: Mm. I don't know.
0: Guess you do. You don't come on a certain song, the heart of rock and roll. Huey, listen to news. Shouts out to that city. Cleveland? Yes, Cleveland. <laughs> you actually played this song in your head, didn't you? I did. You're like, Wait a I minute. heard
4: his I heard Huey Lewis's uh, voice in my head.
0: Yes. You, you, it wasn't you wasn't like Detroit. Okay, you're like, no, it's the Cleveland one, not Detroit. Yes, it's Cleveland, Ohio, not Detroit, Ohio. No. Cleveland Cleveland, Ohio is where yeah. the construction began and where it was completed. What decade did the construction begin? Was it the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties, or two thousands? The seventies? No. It was 1993 when the Ooh. construction began. It was on the State Firestone Tire and Rubber Company began producing inflatable tires, Kimmy. Before that there was solid rubber tires and mm-hmm. the ride just wasn't that great. Wow. It was a little bumpy. But you didn't have flats. Can you tell me though what decade did the inflatable tire come to be? Was it the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, or 1950s? 1920s. You're right. 1923 is when that happened. I like the solid rubber tire. I, I wonder what that'd be like. Ugh. Can you imagine riding in one right now? No. Well, yeah, I guess those donuts that they have would be sort of like that, right? Yeah. So, well, some of them, well, I think they're inflatable because sometimes they're not inflated. Mm. I I don't know. Okay. Sort of like when I used to ride my wagon, I guess. be the solid rubber thing. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll build something for you to ride again. No, you know, that's okay. I, I feel like tinkering. Moving back to the questions, Kimmy, it's 1887. Ann Sullivan teaches water to whom? Helen Keller. That's correct. Moving to 1954, this person records his debut single, Tell Me Who It Is, Here's Your Clue.
3: 1954,
0: who is that? Elvis. Correct. Clicking one year, 1955, this person resigns. He resigns as British Prime Minister. Here is something recorded, well, of him, right after that resignation. Tell me who it is.
6: But the behavior of the leaders must not lead us to suppose that Russian power and capacity is not growing in many other directions. In the last ten years, the Soviet higher technical education for mechanical engineering has been developed both in numbers and in quality to an extent which far exceeds anything we have achieved. This is a matter which needs the immediate attention of
0: our majesty's government. Can you tell me who that is? Winston Churchill. Correct, Kimmy. The year's 1965 on this date. The 37th Academy Awards happens on this date. Tell me, who wins Best Actor? He wins for the movie My Fair Lady.
1: This is a very exciting evening for me, and I feel in a way that I should split it in half. (laughs) I
6: I would like to thank everybody that had... uh, Anything to do with the, with
1: the making of My Fair Lady. It was a wonderful experience, and I must thank George for being so marvelous, and Jack, and everybody else that's connected with it, and deep love to, uh, well, two fair ladies, I
0: think. Kimmy, can you tell me who that is? He played Dr. Doolittle eventually. David Niven? No, it's Rex Harrison. Oh. Best Actress. Keep in mind the year. You remember the year, correct? 1965. Just 1965. In case you, yeah, just in case you don't. That means a movie of 1964. This person wins for a certain film. See if you can tell me who it is. Here she is accepting the Oscar. Uh,
3: oh, this is lovely. Uh, I know
6: you Americans are famous for your hospitality, but this is really ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I have so many thank yous. I... I only know where to start, and that's with Mr. Walt Disney, and naturally, he has the largest thank you of all. I wouldn't know where to stop. I would somehow like to try and convey my really deep gratitude and,
2: and well, gratefulness, and, well, I've just said that, haven't I, <laughs> uh, for being made to feel so really welcome in this country. Thank you very much indeed.
0: It's a Disney film she wins for, a live-action Disney film. Do you know who it is? Or do I have to tell you the movie to give you an extra clue?
4: Is it Julie Andrews?
0: That is. You, you got it right, Kimmy. She wins Best Actress on the State 1965. The year is 1968. This single is released. Tell me the name of the hit.
3: <laughs>
0: With that small clue, can you tell me the name of the song?
4: Mrs. Robinson. And here's to you,
3: Mrs. Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you
0: will know. And who recorded that? Simon & Garfunkel. Correct. Moving to 1980, this group's album Duke hits number 1 in the United Kingdom. Here's a single from Duke. Tell me the name of the band. Must be
3: some, some, must be some kind of mistake.
0: Who is it, Kimmy? Genesis. Correct. Do you have Duke on vinyl? I do not. The year is 1983. This band is banned. Yeah, a band is banned. They are banned from the 4th of July concert at the White House. The year is 1983. Can you tell me the name of the band without a clue, or do you need a clue? The Beastie Boys? It's not the Beastie Boys. The year is 1983. One more guess, or do you want the clue? Give me the clue. 1983, this band is banned from the 4th of July at the White House. I'm up
3: good vibrations. She's me the I'm up good
0: Who is it, Kimmy? The Beach Boys. That's right. Ronald Reagan, president at the time, overturns the band two days later. Hmm. The year is 1980.
4: 19- he overturns the band or he overturns the band? Did yes, he turn over Brian Wilson?
0: And Mike Love. He flipped oh. them he flipped he did a he did a WWF oh, thing, Kimmy. Really? Yes, he did. Right on oh. the front lawn. You know, like they rolled the Easter eggs? Well he rolled the wow. Beach Boys. I never knew that. Yeah, he did. Right down right down Pennsylvania Avenue. Okay. He rolled them all down there. <laughs> Good vibrations it was. Okay <laughs> The year is nineteen eighty five. An estimated five thousand radio stations around the world. Played this song at the same time. Tell me the name of the song. There comes a time
4: when we a certain call when the
0: world must come. Can you tell me the name of that song? We are the world. <laughs> I would have actually guessed it would be higher than the 5,000 because at that time period, approximately there were 11,000 commercial radio stations in America alone. I think it had to be higher than mm. 5,000 if you put the whole world you know, playing at the exact same time. Yeah. Staying in 1985, this athlete, professional athlete, says the following quote, Any man can beat any woman at any sport especially tennis. Who said that? Bobby Riggs? No, here's your clue. I've got to play well today. Last time I played this guy, he was tough. Start fast. Get on top early. Be aggressive. Think. Think for a change. Hope my socks
3: match. That
0: was a commercial he did for Nike at the time period. Can you tell me who it is?
4: Um, John McEnroe?
0: You're right. Moving to 1987... Fox launched themselves with two TV shows, 1987, on this date. One of them is this show. Tell me the name of the show. Hey, I'm blind. Very funny, Al. I'm,
6: no, really, Peg. I saw your mother naked. And <laughs> everything went black. I think my eyes were trying to protect my heart.
0: Can you tell me the name of the show? That's Married with Children. Yes, you got the first one right. Can you tell me the second show with no clue, or do you need some clues? I need some clues. All right. The second show. Here is its opening. See if you can identify it. with children was the first show this is the other show what was it i don't know other clue Kimmy. the person well the show is named after somebody the the primary star of the mystery show that person very talented matter of fact charted on the top 40 in 1983 at number eight tell me who it is <laughs> tell me the name of the person who had that hit, and then you'll know the show that was on Fox.
4: Tracy Ullman?
0: That's right. The Tracy Ullman Show is the other show with Married with Children. And without the Tracy Ullman Show, no Simpsons. Because mm-hmm. the well, several of the cast members of the Simpsons were part of her ensemble.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: then the Simpsons made their debut on the Tracy Ullman Show. The year is 1997. This person's TV show debuts. Tell me the name of the person and... <laughs> and or the tv now we want the name of the person not the name of the tv show but we do want the name of the show too tell me who it is listen carefully kimmy
5: sometimes it's hard running a wildlife park where most of the inhabitants want to kill you i guess without leaving home i can risk my life every day about seven years ago i volunteered to national parks and wildlife service to
2: catch and relocate rogue crocodiles this means the big ones the ones that happen to be where people are encroaching on them It's not really the croc's fault. My dad used to catch crocodiles, so I've grown up with it. I guess it's a dying art. Yeah, dealing with crocodiles
5: in the park is dangerous enough, I guess. But there's a big difference dealing with them in the wild on their
0: home ground. We're in their territory. Can you tell me who that is and the name of the show? Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. I should. Yes, you should. be able to. Animal Planet. Yes.
4: Um, Steve Um, something.
0: Steve, yes.
4: No.
0: Steve Irwin. Ir-
4: Irwin, Irwin, And Irwin. what was the
0: name of the show?
4: Um, The Steve Irwin Show.
0: Something Hunter. Crocodile Hunter. Oh, yeah. Okay, 1997, that debut. The year is 2009. The 44th Academy of Country Music Awards happens. Entertainer of the Year. Tell me who it is. She did cross over into the top 40. Can you tell me who that is? Carrie Underwood. Yes, you got it right, Kimmy. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Famous people born on this date. Born 1900, Kimmy. During his career, he appeared in 75 movies. The American Film Institute in 1999 ranked him as the ninth greatest male star of classic Hollywood cinema. Tell me who it is. Here's your clue.
6: I asked him how he uh, got so far. You know, he's only 37. Yeah. He said (laughs) he thought he got the best breaks because everybody he met didn't want him to think they were
5: prejudiced against
6: him. Yeah, he made an impression, all right. I wouldn't know how to fault him. No, of course I'm not trying to fault him. You know, his father is a mailman, Mm -hmm. retired now, lives in Los Angeles. Now, how do you suppose a colored mailman Produced his son
5: with all the qualities he has.
0: Guess who's coming to dinner? That's the soundbite that's from. Tell me who was born on this date. Spencer Tracy. That's right. Born 1900. Died 1967 at the age of 67. Next person, actress. We have a couple of clues if you need them. Born 1908, Kimmy. She appeared in more than 100 film, television, and theater roles to her credit in 1999. She was placed second behind Katherine Hepburn on the American Film Institute's list of the greatest female stars of classic Hollywood cinema. Tell me who was born on this date.
2: So many people know me. I wish I did. I wish someone would tell me about me. What is that? Besides something spelled out in light bulbs, I mean. Besides something called a temper
0: Who is that, Kimmy? Betty Davis.
3: I've written a letter to Daddy. His address is heaven above. I've written, did that.
0: Yes, Kimmy got that right. And can you identify what that's from? Um, she acted with Joan Crawford in that one.
4: Uh-huh. All About Eve? No, no. no, no. Um,
3: that's what um, the other one
0: was um, from, actually, All About Eve. Um, Joan Crawford and her, they're sisters. One was a child actress. hmm. And... Still thinks she's that child actress. Whatever happened to baby Jane? Recommend checking those out because they actually hated each other. Mm. And they hated each other before making the movie and hated each other while making the movie. Next person, born on this date, 1916, Kimmy. He was tapped to be Superman for the new TV series and didn't want it. He stuck out films and I think did quite well with his choice. Tell me who was born 1916.
1: Ah, uh, wait a
5: minute. You just learn a single trick, Scout. You get along a lot better with all kinds of folks. You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view. Sir? Until you climb inside of his skin, walk around in it.
3: But if I keep going to school, we can't ever read anymore.
0: He won the Academy Award for that movie, To Kill a Muckingbird. Who is it? Gregory Peck. That's right. Born on this date, 1916. Died 2003 at the age of 87. Let's see how you are with authors, Kimmy. Born 1920. Died 2004 at the age of 84. This author, well, he wrote bestsellers. He wrote Hotel in 1965. Airport in 1968. Wheels in 71. The Money Changers in 75. Overload in 1979, his books have sold 170 million copies in 38 languages. Plus, films have been made from his books. Tell me who it is. Huh? Do you know who the author is? Yes. Huh? <laughs> you don't know who it is. Huh? You did see the movie Airport, right? Airport? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you know who wrote it? Irwin Allen? Oh, no. No. Okay, it's Arthur Haley who wrote that. Moving to somebody else, give me the years, 1932. This performer, born 1932, he charted, had a hit, number 11 on the R&B singles charts and number 7 on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me who was born on this date, 1932. Let the little girl dance. Let
3: the little girl dance. She never danced before.
0: Can you tell me who had let the little girl dance as a hit? I don't know that one. That's Billy Bland, born on this date, 1932, passed away, 2017, at the age of 84. Actor, comedian, born on this date, 1933. You know him for a certain TV show from 1966 to 1967. He was only in 10 episodes as a certain character, but he is identified with the TV show and... As the character Here is your brief clue Tell me who was born in 1933
2: Time is getting short We've got to get Batman before he gets us I see the way to do it We'll play each of our treacherous trumps In one hand And we'll do it Right here How? Oh. The end The end of all We shall spring them from the Joker's jack-in-the-box, through that window, out over the sea, and into the
0: waiting arms of the penguin's exploding octopus!
2: (laughs) The trigger? One of my riddles, of course. And the (laughs) bait? You, Catwoman!
0: Can you tell me who that is? Frank Gorshin. That's right, born in the state, 1933, died in 2005 at the age of 72. He was in the Batman movie, and then 10 episodes. That's just it. 10 episodes. Mm. If you want to catch him in something different, Combat, he was in two episodes of that. They run that on Heroes and Icon. It's, he's quite different than anything of Batman. He's in an episode of The Monsters. He sells Herman or tries to a car. Yes, the episode's titled Herman the Tire Kicker. He's in Wonder Woman, an episode from 1977 plays a psycho that uh, likes playing with toys. Mm. And he's in Charlie's Angels, an episode called Angels at Sea from 1977, and a ton of other shows and movies, too. Kimmy, next person, tell me how old he is within five years once you identify who it is. Former four-star general, chairman of the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff, he was the 65th United States Secretary of State serving under... George W. Bush from 2001 to 2005. He was the first African-American to serve in that position. Tell me who it is. What I want
1: to do this afternoon is uh, something a little different than what's scheduled. Foreign policy, you can figure that out by watching, uh, I don't know, Rachel Maddow or somebody. but (laughs) I want to talk about young people and structure. Young people and structure. This was last Wednesday afternoon at a school in Brooklyn, New York, a Cristo Ray High School run by the Jesuits. And I was talking to this group of students, and take a look at them. They were around me in three directions. You'll notice that almost all of them are minority. You'll notice that the building is rather austere. It's an old New York school building, nothing fancy. Still have old blackboards and whatnot. And there are about 300 kids in this school, and the school's been going now for four years and they're about to graduate their first class. 22 people are graduating, and all 22 are going to college. They all come from homes where there is, for the most part, just one person in the home, usually the
0: mother or the grandmother. Kimmy, can you identify that voice? Colin Powell. That's correct. How old is Colin Powell today within five years? 89. No, he's not 89, Kimmy. He is 81 today. Moving to an actor celebrating a birthday, Kimmy. Known for this TV show, Identify It. Barney Miller? You're right, Kimmy. Barney Miller is the show he was part of. Tell me who it is. Here's your audio clue.
3: That's Mr. Science. (laughs) What's he doing here?
6: Uh, I never missed your show. (laughs) Oh, uh, uh, Sergeant Wojoholtz
3: precinct.
6: Uh, you the only guy on television never sounded like he meant what he was saying. And I didn't just watch, you know, I did experiments. Did the uh, the, uh, the the baking soda and the motors and the ant farm and ant farm. I watched your show every Sunday for five years.
0: He played Wojo. Can you tell me who that is? I cannot. It's Maxwell Gale having a birthday today. He is 75. He is well. This year he's been on a certain soap opera. Identify the soap opera. <laughs> General Hospital. Yeah, he's part of General Hospital this year. Mike Corbin is the name of the character he plays. Moving to the next birthday, this person born 1944, English pop singer and songwriter, best known for work in the 1960s, had a a big hit, number four in 1966. Tell me who it is. Hey! possible music trivia for Kimmy tell me who that is I don't know That's Crispin St. Peters born in the state 1944 died 2010 at the age of 71 Next person celebrating her 50th birthday today Kimmy she charted 1997 twice in the top 40 Tell me who's having a birthday here's her number 8 hit from 1997 Hi. Number eight hit for her, 1997, who's having a birthday? I don't recall her name. Number 11 hit for her, 1997, see if this helps. <laughs> That song, I Don't Want to Wait, was used for, well, Dawson's Creek. It was the theme song. Can you tell me who's having a birthday? Sarah McLaughlin? No, it's Paula Cole. She's celebrating her 50th birthday. I see dead people. Notable deaths, famous people who passed away on this date in history. It was 1964. This person passed on. He was a United States general. He was part of the Pacific Theater in World War II and also the Korean War for a period of time. He dies at the age of 84 in 1964. Tell me who it is.
1: I am closing my 52 years of military service. But I still remember the refrain of one of the most popular barrack ballads of that day, which proclaimed most proudly that old soldiers never die. They just die.
0: Can you tell me who that is? MacArthur? He has a first name. Let's see if you can do it, Kimmy. Douglas? Yeah, you got it right. He died on this date, 1964, at the age of 84. Next person, no audio clue. Passed on, 1976, at the age of 72. A recluse. A billionaire. A filmmaker. An aviator. Flew the spruce goose for a... Few feet proving it could fly. One of the biggest planes ever built entirely out of wood. Leonardo DiCaprio played him in the film Aviator. Who died on this date, 1976? Howard Hughes. You're right, Kimmy. Next individual. Dies 1992 at the age of 74. He was an American businessman. Founder and CEO of Walmart and Sam's Club. Who is it? Sam Walton. You're right. You're on a roll here, Kimmy. 1994, this lead singer of this band kills himself with a shotgun. He was found three days later. He dies at the age of 27. Tell me who it is. Kurt Cobain. You're correct. 2008, this American actor dies at the age of 84. Brief audio clue. See if you can tell me who it is.
3: My God, it's almost dark. They'll be waking up soon.
0: Can you tell me who that is? Charlton Heston? That's right. Do you know what movie that's from, by chance? The Omega Man? Yes. Yes, that's amazing. You actually got that right, Kimmy. Yeah, he passed away on this date. Next person, 2015, an American actor. Known for this TV show, Identify the TV Series. <laughs> The name of the show, Kimmy. L.A. Law? Kimmy's on a roll here. He played the, well, the head of L.A. Law, of the law firm. It's Leland McKenzie. That's the name of the character he played. Can you tell me his name? Rosalind,
2: I'm sorry I can't marry you. This isn't about that. This is about that. For the past week, I've been getting nothing but resentment. You know that's true. I don't resent you,
3: Leland. If anything, maybe I resent myself. For staying with a man who doesn't love you. I really
0: don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, my God! Yeah, they got rid of her that way. The elevator shaft.
4: Yeah, never watched the show, but I remember hearing about that. Yeah,
0: Leland's, uh, Leland, Leland's girlfriend there, uh, she was in charge of the firm for a while, and nobody liked her. Mm. That's how they got rid of her. Richard Dysert is the name of the person who passed away on this day. He played Leland. He died twenty fifteen at the age of eighty-six. Kimmy, it's a throwback Thursday. The judges say you did a fantastic job. Thank you. We're gonna go back in time and honor something we talked about on trivia with a golden age of radio. Moments ago, we spoke about actor Gregory Peck being born on this date in 1916. He was no stranger to the golden age of radio, and we have an excellent example of some of his old-time radio work. We have an episode titled Murder Through the Looking Glass. This originally aired in 1949. It's an interesting mystery about a schizophrenic wanted for murder. Murder. It's also about his attempts to discover the truth about the killing. Gregory Peck plays the schizophrenic. The year is 1949, and here's the tribute episode, Murder Through the Looking Glass, on the Riley and Kimmy Show.
5: The sound was a dull, monotonous roar in my ears, and I, I listened wondering if it were real or part of a dream. Suddenly I I was awake and I knew that I was riding on a train. But where? I didn't remember getting on a train. I opened my eyes and saw that I was in the lounge car. There was only darkness through the window. A man sat across from me reading. There was a bridge game down the aisle, a porter serving drinks. Everything nice and normal except that I had no idea how I got on the train or why I was there. I tried to think of a reason for being there, but I... I couldn't. These spells of forgetfulness had been coming on more often lately. I leaned back and closed my eyes, listened to the rhythm of the train. A melody began to fit itself to the rhythm. I couldn't remember ever having heard such a song, but somehow I seemed to know the words. Down in the valley, valley so low, late in the evening, hear that train blow, hear that train blow. I beg your pardon, Uh, sir,
2: but your singing is disturbing the other passengers. Oh, I'm sorry. You understand, sir, it's the other passengers. I kind of liked your singing myself. Your
6: singing didn't disturb me either, young man. In fact, it was a rather pretty melody. What was the name of it?
5: Why, it's, uh. I. You know it's silly, but I. I don't know. I can't even remember the tune now. <laughs> That's the way it is with songs. I've had the same thing happen to me. Uh.
6: So, what What train is this? Why, it's the uh, New York Express to Philadelphia. Ought to be there any minute, too. <laughs> you must have been on some party if it lasted all day.
5: Or uh, what, what time is it? Seven o'clock.
6: <laughs> P.M., that is. <laughs> yes, sir. It must have been pretty drunk
5: out where you were. I think he said something else after that, but I wasn't listening then. I noticed that I was wearing a brown top coat. It wasn't mine. Maybe I'd accidentally exchanged coats with someone. If I couldn't remember it, it must have been that kind of a party. If so, I felt for my wallet. It was there. I opened it to see if I had any money left, and my eye was caught by the driver's license made out to John Blake. In another pocket of the wallet, there were engraved cards reading John Blake Insurance. I wasn't John Blake. I was Jeffrey Bruno, a writer. I couldn't even drive a car. I didn't know anything about insurance. I'd never heard of a John Blake, but here was his identification in my wallet. What's the matter, young fellow? Are you ill? man across from me said something, but I didn't hear what it was. I I looked through the other pockets. There was a bank book showing that John Blake had a bank balance of $647.55. My balance had never been higher than 15 bucks. There was a letter, a bill for shirts, addressed to John Blake at, at an address I never heard of before. There was a moment there, a few crazy seconds, when I wondered if I really was John Blake. No, I couldn't be. I knew I was Jeffrey Bruno who lived at a two-room apartment in Greenwich Village and wrote mystery stories for a living. I knew who I was. Well, here we are.
6: Or are you going on downtown? Well, oh, I, uh, see, I could get a train back to New York here, couldn't I? Sure, right across on the other platform. <laughs> that must have been some party.
5: All about the I had to get back to New York and straighten out this business about John Blake's coat and identification. He, whoever he was, might even be thinking I'd stolen them. Besides, I wanted to find out where I'd been the night before and all day and why I'd awakened on a train to Philadelphia. And then just as I got up from the seat, I glanced out of the window. The newsboy was holding up a newspaper. Across the top was the big headline. Kill Blake! Escape! Blake! Just below it, there was a picture of... me. Pulling down my hat and turning up my coat collar, I managed to get on a New York train without anyone recognizing me. Then, fortunately, no one pays any attention to anyone else on New York subways. Two blocks from my apartment house, I stopped at the corner stand to buy a newspaper. Oh, there you are, Mr. Bruno. Haven't seen you around for a couple days. Yeah, I've been busy. Hey, you know, I saw your picture somewhere today. You got a story in one of the magazines, maybe? No, no. Well, well good. Wait a minute. I'll remember where I saw your picture. I never forget yeah, a I've fi- got to go now. You can tell me about it tomorrow. I had to get away before he remembered. I looked down and saw my picture on his papers. At home, there were a lot of letters in my box. Too many for just one delivery. When I got to the apartment, I looked at them. Two of the letters had been postmarked in New York three days before. It doesn't take three days for letters to be delivered locally. Where have I been for three days? Who? Who's there? Rosalie. Oh, Rosalie, just a minute.
7: Hi, Jeff. I thought I heard someone in here. A friend of yours stopped by, but you weren't home. He ran into me on the stairs and asked if I lived here and then wanted me to give you a message. Burnett was his name. Bill, I think he said. Oh,
5: yeah. Well, I'm 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 glad you're here, Rosalie. Stay and talk to me. We can have some coffee or a drink. When did you say Bill was here?
7: Yesterday morning. He said something about having had a date with you the night before, but you never showed up.
5: Yesterday morning. Oh. Oh yes.
7: What's the matter, Jeff? Don't you feel well?
5: Oh, sure. I feel fine. Rosalie, tell me, do I ever do anything out of the ordinary? I mean, do I... Well, have I ever seemed strange?
7: You mean, are you... Well, you've always seemed very sane to me, if that's what you mean. In spite of your vanishing acts. My... my what? The times you disappear. You don't know? I'm sorry.
5: Let me finish it for you. You mean the days when I've awakened, thinking it was Tuesday only it'd turn out to be Thursday. You mean I'd disappear for a couple of days, go somewhere else, become somebody else?
7: Oh, I wouldn't have said anything, Jeff, but...
5: Well, then why don't I remember? Oh, I've heard of people drawing blanks because they've had too much to drink, but now maybe it's something different.
7: What is, Jeff?
5: Well, I told her all about it. All I knew anyway. At first she was frightened, but then I guess she felt sorry for me and she got over it. Before, Rosalie had always been just a beautiful, desirable girl. I'd had drinks with her a few times in her apartment and mine, but that was all. Oh, not that I hadn't wanted to take her out, but she was a model, and I was sure that she led a glamorous life with rich men begging to take her out. But now she didn't look as glamorous as she looked understanding. I needed that. For I was beginning to believe that the explanation of John Blake wasn't as simple as I first thought.
7: I'm glad I came in, Jeff. You need someone. And it doesn't matter whether you're John Blake or not.
5: Well, it matters to me. I Look, I, I know I'm Jeffrey Bruno and not some guy named John Blake. Why? I can remember my whole life living on the farm, going to school, working on a newspaper, coming to New York. I can remember every minute of it.
7: Every minute?
5: Oh, uh, uh, no. No, not every minute.
7: You know, Jeff, such things can happen. White-bearded old men with eyeglasses write books about such things. They've, they've got a word for it. I can't pronounce it. But it means that you can be two people at one time and not know it. So maybe... So
5: maybe I'm John Blake, too. I was way ahead of you in thinking that. And
7: if you are, that's a sickness. And people can get over being sick. Maybe you'll remember all the things John Blake did. I already
5: know one thing he did. He killed someone. I don't know who or how, but but I... John Blake murdered someone.
7: You brought a paper home. Why not see? Whatever happened, Jeff, we'll find a way to work it out.
5: Thanks, Rosalie. Here it is. His name was Rufus Carrington. He was an old man and wealthy. I, John Blake, worked part-time for his nephew, Roger Gunn. Mm -hmm. There's money missing from the firm, and it's believed Rufus Carrington may have found out about it. I see. Roger Gunn arrived to see his uncle this morning and was told by the butler that... The old man was in the study with an unknown caller. Roger Gunn was talking to the butler when they heard the old man cry out. He ran to the study and found him dead. Oh, how awful. Your nephew saw me, the killer, escaping and and recognized him. Well, if I were John Blake, my other self didn't do things in a small way. Oh,
7: don't Jeff. I never
5: wanted the things John Blake must have wanted. I never wanted riches, never thought of going into a business like insurance. I just can't understand this thing.
7: They'll understand, Jeff. They have people who understand things like that.
5: Rosalie, whatever happens, will you promise me that if you don't like Jeffrey Bruno, you'll like John Blake? But like one of us, it doesn't matter which one it is.
7: I like you, whichever one of them you are.
5: You see, Rosalie, I, I'm innocent, even if John Blake isn't. I haven't murdered anyone. It was another part of me. But, but if I try to run away, they'll, they'll find me, they'll kill... They'll hurt me for what John Blake did. Where can I go? What can I do?
7: You can go to the police and tell them the whole truth. Because, you see, they can't do anything to you. You're not responsible for what you did as John Blake.
5: Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. There's no point in running. Look, I know I I have no right to ask it, but... Would you go with me, Rosalie?
7: Of course I will, Jeff.
5: (laughs) It's like being haunted. Knowing that somewhere inside of me there's another man never knowing when I'll be him. Say, say, what if... What if I turn into John Blake before we even get to the police?
2: For Suspense, Autolite is bringing you Gregory Peck in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Gregory Peck as Jeffrey in Murder Through the Looking Glass. A tale well calculated to keep you in... suspense.
5: Rosalie was right. I thought about it as we walked down the stairs. They'd know what to do with a case like mine. They'd know that Jeffrey Bruno wasn't responsible for what John Blake did. Of course, they'd lock me up for my own good and, and... Then they'd leave me in there.
7: What's the matter, Jeff?
5: Wait, wait, Rosalie. You're right. I I mustn't run away, but first I've got to find out about the other me, about John Blake. All I know is that he murdered someone. I have to know other things about him, what he was really like. I
7: understand, Jeff, but you mustn't do anything foolish.
5: I have to know about my other life. What what books I read, what kind of girls I liked. You can see that's important, can't you? Of course.
7: Jeff, I just thought of something. I know a man, a psychiatrist. Maybe if I called him, you could see him tonight. He'd understand. Maybe he could tell you what to do. Will you talk to him?
5: Well, I'll do anything. It'll help me to understand what I was like when I was John Blake and and why I was like that.
7: I'll go in the drugstore here and call him. I'm sure he'll see you and we'll do whatever he says.
2: Now, Mr. Bruno, you say there have been many times when you haven't remembered what happened for days. Oh, not many. A few times it only happened after I'd been drinking, and
5: I, I thought that's all it was until this. Uh... I see. Ah, it's a very interesting case. Well, what is it, doctor? I've done some reading on psychiatry, and it sounds...
2: Is it split personality? Schizophrenia? Yes, it's very possible. Uh, for instance, subconsciously, you might have had a desire for things which, consciously, you'd convinced yourself were bad. That desire became so great that you created John Blake so you could satisfy it without compromising Jeffrey Bruno. But wouldn't I be partly aware of
5: wanting those things? Isn't it possible that that I'm not John Blake, that all of this is something else?
2: I'll let you answer that yourself, Mr. Bruno. (laughs) How can I? If I could answer it, I, I wouldn't be here. Mr. Bruno, do you honestly believe that there is a real person named John Blake, a person who looks exactly like you, a person whose coat and identification came... Accidentally into your possession? No, no, i I guess I don't, but but there must be another explanation. Well, the alternative would be to believe that someone is uh, is framing you. Do you believe that someone drugged you several times, or there'd be days you couldn't account for, that someone forged the papers of John Blake and planted them on you? Can you believe that someone planned to commit this murder months ago, rented an apartment at the name of John Blake, filled it with clothing in your size, put your photograph in the apartment? No, but... Th- you, according to the newspaper story, the nephew of the murder victim was the only man to identify your picture. Therefore, he would have to have been the one to frame you. Well, this would imply that this uh, uh, Roger Gunn knew you and you knew him. Uh, do you? No, I... I don't remember. Then can you believe that he was able to drug you to know your clothes size to get a photograph of you? I guess not. Besides, if he framed you, that implies he is the murderer. But that can't be, because according to the butler, the nephew was with him at the time the murder took place. (laughs) You you see, Mr. Bruno? Uh, I see. What can I do, Doctor? Well, if this were not a murder case, the answer would be a simple one. I'd undertake to treat you, but... As it is, I'm afraid I must suggest that you go to the police. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I'm sorry I wasn't able to help you, young man, if you'd only come to me sooner.
7: Jeff, can you help him, doctor?
2: Under the circumstances, it's too late for me to do anything directly. I've advised Mr. Bruno to go to the police.
7: Come on, Jeff. I'll go with you.
2: All right. Well, thank you, doctor. Oh, not at all. Sorry, I, I can't do more. Good night. Good night. Good night.
7: I'm sorry, Jeff, but they'll have to believe you. They can't make you suffer for what John Blake did. And then, when you're well...
5: When I'm well? What? We'll see. Uh-huh. Rosalie, there, there's one one more thing I want to do before I go to the police. I want to see the apartment where I lived when I was John Blake. I still don't know what I was like when I was being here. Maybe if I can only see how I lived, it'll give me a clue. <laughs> the huh The lobby looks empty. Now, let's see. The address on the letter is apartment 203.
7: Wasn't there anything in the letter?
5: It was a bill. It seems that I'm not only an embezzler and a murderer, but I didn't even pay John Blake's bills. Please, Jeff, don't joke about it. All right, Rosalie, no joking. I don't think it's very funny either. Now, if I were John Blake, I ought to have a key to my own apartment. Ah, this must be it. I don't remember ever seeing it before, but the number 203 is stamped on it. Well, Rosalie...
7: I'll stay here and warn you if the police come. Good luck, Jeff.
5: The lobby was empty. I got on the self-service elevator and I rode up to the second floor. It, too, was deserted and I walked to the door of John, of my apartment. I hesitated, wondering if maybe there were a policeman inside. Well, I... I had to take the chance. The key worked and I stepped inside. The place seemed empty... I turned on the light. It was a small apartment, inexpensive, perfectly correct and dull. There were hunting prints on the wall. There were two suits in the wardrobe. My size all right, even though I... I couldn't remember buying them. There were even monogrammed handkerchiefs. (laughs) It was unreal. Yet I... I had to believe all these things belonged to me that there had been times when I liked wearing them. My head was spinning by now, and I... I leaned up against the wall. I don't know how long I stood there, unaware of anything except the pain inside. Gradually, I... I was aware that somebody was knocking on a door, but it, it was several seconds before I located it. It was... It was at my door. The police? Oh, no, Rosalie said she'd warned me. It was the police. I wasn't ready to give myself up yet. I ran to the window. There was a fire escape outside. Open up or we'll break it down. I raised the window and, and looked out. I, I couldn't see anyone. Okay, boys, let's go in. I'll take a chance that there wasn't a cop at the bottom of the fire escape. I could climb out and close the window. As I started to break in, I, I ran down the fire escape. I jumped to the ground and looked around the corner. There was one man sitting in the police car. I turned and ran the other way. I must have run two blocks before I heard footsteps behind me. I I turned and it it was Rosalie. Oh, Jeff. You said you'd warn me. What
7: happened? But I did, Jeff. I rang the buzzer twice while they were getting out of the car. When I saw you getting away, I, I thought you'd heard. You must have heard it.
5: You rang twice? Well, the bell must be out of order, just like John Blake. Or I didn't hear it. I almost didn't hear them knocking. I'm sorry, Rosalie. I, I just... I don't know. It
7: doesn't matter, Jeff. I... I was so frightened.
5: Oh, you mustn't be. I'll, I promise I won't do anything to involve you or hurt you. Oh,
7: I wasn't thinking of myself. You can't go on like this, Jeff. You've got to go in. Give yourself a chance to get well. Yeah,
5: I know. You know, upstairs there for a minute, I... I thought of running away, of going to some little town and changing my name. But, ah, that's no good either. That wouldn't get rid of John Blake. Then... I've got an idea. Just one more try... Another hour won't make any difference to the police. All
7: right, Jeff. Where are we going?
5: Not we, Rosalie. I'm, I'm not going to involve you in this anymore. I was John Blake. I did the things John Blake did. And I have to see it through to the finish.
7: At least tell me where you're now, going. It'll be
5: better if you don't know. Oh, please, Jeff. No, this is the way it has to be. Then if it, if it turns out worse than we think, you can just remember that for a few hours you were friendly to someone who needed it. If I come through this, if I get well, then...
7: Yes, Jeff?
5: Well, as you said, Rosalie... We'll see. I put her in a cab and gave the driver the address in the village. Then I went to the place where I was afraid to go. Yet it was the one place I had to go. Yes, sir? Well, don't... Aren't you Mr. Carrington's butler?
6: Yes, sir. Clark is the name, sir. I've been... Uh, I was in Mr. Carrington's service for 40 years. But why do you ask?
5: Well, don't you recognize me?
6: I... uh, I don't believe so, sir. Of course, there were so many of you here today from the newspapers. But I was
5: here even earlier. I... I'm John Blake.
6: Oh, then you're the gentleman who murdered Mr. Carrington... According to the newspapers.
5: Why do you say according to the newspapers?
6: I don't believe you killed Mr. Carrington, sir.
5: You... you don't?
6: Why not? Why, he didn't even know you, sir.
5: Well, maybe he only got acquainted with me this morning when I came to kill him.
6: If he had made an appointment with you, sir, I would have known.
5: But didn't you let me in to see him?
6: Oh, no, sir. He answered the door himself when his visitor arrived.
5: I see... Is Mr. Carrington's nephew here?
6: Mr. Gunn? Yes, sir. But he left word not to be disturbed. He did,
5: did he? Clark, did Mr. Carrington have a gun? Yes, sir. Would you trust me with it if it might help catch the murderer? I guarantee it'll catch him.
6: Won't you step in? Thank you. I was very fond of Mr. Carrington, sir. He kept the gun here in the hall near the door. Uh oh here it is, sir. I'm an old man myself, and perhaps I'm foolish to even... But don't you worry.
5: Just just take me to see Mr. Gunn.
6: Oh, but I, I can't do that, sir. Clark! Oh,
5: pardon me, sir. Yes, Mr. Gunn?
2: Who are you talking to, Clark? Is
6: that
5: the attorney? No, sir. It's
6: a young... Wait a minute. Guy.
5: I know that voice. I'm sorry, Clark. Who the devil... You! Yes, me, Mr. Gunn, or should I say Dr. Gunn? Clark, leave the room. Uh, yes, sir. Well, uh, this is all a terrible mistake. You bet it is. And I want to hear why the nephew of the man I'm supposed to have murdered is also the psychiatrist who convinced me I was crazy and ought to surrender to the police. Well, uh,
2: don't move. Don't point that gun at me, please. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm expecting a phone call from the attorney about the will. And then i I'm sure we can straighten this thing out. I, I'll give you money. We'll straighten it out now without money. You killed your uncle, didn't you? No. I was with Clark. He can tell you. Don't answer that. Clark will answer it, then, on the extension. And he knows I'm here. Then let
5: Clark answer it.
2: But I'm going to get the truth out of you
5: before you have a chance to talk to anyone.
2: I, I meant you no harm. Not
5: much. You just wanted me to take your seat in the electric chair. You told me the whole thing when you were posing as the psychiatrist, didn't you? You told me the truth, making me think it couldn't have been like that. The only thing you didn't tell me was about the person who killed your uncle and helped frame me.
6: I beg your pardon, sir, but it's an urgent call. Don't
5: move, Gun. If it's so urgent, I'll take it for you. Yes?
7: Roger, I'm calling you from our usual place. He hasn't gone to the police yet. Roger, are you there?
5: I, uh, yes. I, uh, I can't talk now. The attorney's here. Wait,
7: Roger. I think he's on his way over there. Be careful. All right. You don't sound right. Are you getting frightened again? After all we've done so far, you've got to keep your nerve up. I'm coming over, Roger. Good. I'll be there in five minutes. Stall him when he arrives. Goodbye, Roger.
5: Goodbye, Rosalie. Clark. Yes, sir? You were right before. Mr. Carrington opened the door this morning for a beautiful young lady after a
2: date had been made by Mr. Roger Gunn here. I I told him she was blackmailing me, and I, I wanted him to see her because he'd had experience handling that sort of thing. But I, I swear Rosalie didn't tell me she was going Never to kill... Never mind. Clark,
5: call the police. Tell them by the time they arrive, the murderer of Mr. Carrington will be here waiting for them.
0: It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley
3: and Kimmy Show.
0: Find archived podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.
4: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.